Welcome to Keep It 100 Podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight and a real inspiration. This podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance, but revelation to forever change lives. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Keep It 100 with Sean and Krista. Welcome to all our Keep It 100 peeps. We love y'all. <laughs> hey, we're really excited to be back with you guys. We always look forward to our time with you. We just always want to say a big shout out and a thank you to the Keep It 100 tribe and nation. Wherever we go, I feel like we're always meeting people that are a part of our community. And it's just so fun to meet you guys when we're on the road or even people that are emailing and reaching out to us on social media or office. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for just giving us continued purpose and just inspiration to keep these podcasts coming to you. I would say the exact same thing. Every place we go, we hear different people say, hey, I'm part of the Keeping 100 tribe. That's so People fun. say they enjoy listening to it. People say they, they do their exercise on it or take walks. This couple listen to it there and they're drive, you know, to work in traffic and they're listening to it. And it just so encourages us to continually bring this uh, because we really, we do this for you guys. And so it's super excited and we're, we're jazzed about it. We got an exciting announcement. We got something coming we up. Krista, do let, drum roll please let right them know, let them know you know we're so excited just a couple of weeks away if you have not heard which i'm believing most likely you have but just for the sake if you haven't or if you haven't registered we are having july 28th and 29th a healing and deliverance masterclass here in the bay area oakland california to be specific at sequoia community church sean and i along with joanne moody and Jer- jeremy nelson we are literally having a two-day training and equipping specifically in the area of healing and deliverance. Sean, why are we doing this and why is it so important? It's so important because when I think about how I learn deliverance ministry, it's totally different than the way people will learn if they come to this two-day master class. I was at a camp and like 30 youth all fell on the ground. I mean, it was it was like we used to say it was the camp from H-E double hockey sticks. Y'all don't know what that is. That would be hell. Like 30 teenagers fell on the ground all manifesting devils. I That's mean, wild. I don't realize. And so all of the counselors, there was only probably about 25 of us counselors. And so you count the speaker in, we were going to come up short. So all of a sudden, everyone is going to a, a kid. And I don't know if they were all from the same youth group or what kind of thing. I mean, you have, I've never been in a camp like this where that many people went down. So make long story short, I'm sitting there in front of a, a, a teenage girl that goes down and I'm looking for someone because I'd never ministered deliverance. I just had my own experience with deliverance, which I've shared that story. One time the devil tried to come or a demon tried to come pin me on the bed. So I'm looking around and here's what I did. I listened to what someone else was, uh, uh, you know, adjuring and expelling the demon to come out of a kid. They were saying it loud enough that I would hear what they said and then I would repeat it. And it was kind of like working, but the very end they leaned into the, so this is the other person that's ministering deliverance leans into the guy they're ministering deliverance in their ears. I can't, I can't hear them. So it's like, I got 80% there to deliverance. And so I just remember the anxiety, the stress. It's actually a funny story because I didn't know what else to say. So I just prayed the 23rd Psalm and the demon scream it came out, which goes to show you the devils don't like the word. So I just believe if you come, we're going to give you some tools so you're not stuck in panic mode, wide eyed deer in a truck headlights like I was at that demon camp. <laughs> we want to equip you according to Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 as to how to have tools, not only to cast out devils, but how to pray for the sick. Yeah. Because this is so important to be equipped in that yeah. area. We're bringing in the best. Our last podcast, we had 
Joanne Moody on. And of course, on this podcast, we have Jeremy Nelson. You know, so some of you just heard Sean's testimony and you're like, oh my gosh, that's happened to me. I didn't know what to do. I was really overwhelmed. Guess what? If you come to this two day training and equipping, you're going to get the tools. You're going to get the practical resource. You're actually going to walk out of that two day training and equipping and you're going to know what to do. You're not going to be overwhelmed anymore because Sean's going to talk about authority. Uh, We're going to talk about who you are in Christ. We're going to talk about the practical how to's of praying for the sick, casting out the devil, understanding uh, really how to do that. Or maybe, you know, you were like me. Uh, when I first saw deliverance, I saw uh, it administrated um, and I was little, I was like nine or 10 years old and I saw demons getting cast out and I'm a, I'm a seer. So I saw the demons going up the wall and out of the ceiling. I didn't know what the heck was going on. I was so freaked out. I didn't even sleep that night. I was so scared. And it caused, unfortunately for me, because no one taught me about my authority in Christ, I actually got afraid because I saw the reality of darkness, but I also saw the reality of God. But because I didn't understand my authority, I was, I was freaked out. And then I had to work through that fear in order to activate my authority. So some of you today might be listening going, I actually, that whole thing kind of freaks me out. If you're freaked out about it, you should come to the training because once you understand your authority in Christ, you have nothing to fear. That is actually going to set you free in so many areas of your life. Because when you walk in your authority, it changes everything. Facts that will change everything. And so we're going to have at least, I think, what, seven different training sessions? Yeah, there's seven sessions. We're going to have a Q&A. We're going to have activation. We're going to have ministry time. I know people will get healed and delivered that are attending to get trained in it, but I know that's going to happen for them. So get your seat today. Go to SeanandChrisaSmith.com. Register today. Uh, really, people have been registering. It's really cool. It's just really starting to pick up. I love it. It's just they're really starting to roll in. You know how that is. We have people flying in from Texas. We have people coming in down from Oregon, uh, for some different states. People are coming in. Of course, the base showing up. So I'm just excited. I'm expectant. Uh, Sean and I, we're just preparing in the spirit for this, recognizing, you know, we're, we're taking back ground, right? And so we're going to see people walk in freedom. So join us, get in the room. There's nothing like being in the room. Yes. You know, I think the real need today in the area of deliverance and healing, I think it's a simple fact of, we know demons don't multiply. So there's no more demons now than they were, you know, when Satan was kicked out of heaven and the third of the angels were swept with him. But there are seasons where they pinpoint and strategize against certain things. And I think in this season, as we can tell by the seasons and the times that we've been through, there's a lot of anxiety and that anxiety and that fear has affected us both emotionally and physically. And so I think there's a greater need and you, I'm around people, we're seeing a greater number of people that require deliverance. It seems like there are more people that are battling health issues and different things that are taking place. And guess what, you guys, the Bible, Jesus, the blood, the authority, we have a remedy for that. And so we want to jump in that. And so I think that'd be so important. You know, as we're taking on this subject of deliverance, Krista, I was thinking about just a couple things that I think are so important. What we want to do is we want to present you guys with some hors d'oeuvres in terms of what is going to be taking place when you come. And so I was thinking about one key point just to help you in the area of deliverance. And maybe this would fall along the lines of how to prevent yourself from being that kid that falls on the ground and manifest when the anointing comes. Because I used to think like that. The Bible talks about in Genesis 4, 6 through 7, God is talking to Cain. And if you guys remember, of course, Cain is the first murderer of the Bible, right? Like he murders his brother Abel. And so they were offering a sacrifice to the Lord and Cain offered a sacrifice of his hands and Abel offered uh, a sacrifice of, of animals. And so God rejected Cain as if it's a type of saying our fleshly works will never do it. It's pointing towards Jesus having to shed his blood for us. So that leads us to Genesis 4, 6, and 7, gang. Check it out. It says, then the Lord said to 
Cain, why are you angry? Why is, is your face downcast? If you do what is right, uh, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, he says, sin is crouching at the door. It's desires for you, but you must master it. I think this is the first example of scripture that really describes to us the challenge and battle for deliverance. It's interesting that the Lord says to Cain, why you're angry? But then he ends up saying that sin is at the door, his desires for you. I used to read that many times and I thought it was like an anthropomorphic spin on sin. In other words, you're putting uh, physical human characteristics to an inanimate object. But the more I read it, I recognized that sin crouching at the door is the demonic. It's darkness. And so the whole aspect is God is warning Cain. This is mercy. He's saying, why are you angry? In other words, that anger issue is going to be a, a door opening, an entry point for the demonic. Because remember, he said, sin is crouching at the door. The picture there is just like it's ready to spring on you, but it says you must master it. And so I think the understanding is this, darkness needs a door. It needs an entry point and you're the doorkeeper. So the way that you begin to minister in a sense of deliverance is it begins at home. It begins with you. Like what are the open doors in your life? What are the entry points in your life? Is there an anger problem? Is there a lust problem? Is there a problem with unforgiveness? Is there a problem of confusion? Is there whatever it is, deal with it, close the door because the enemy cannot get in your house if your doors are closed. That's what God is saying to Cain. Close the doors and then he goes on to say you must master it. So it begins to say that, hey, you're not going to let the demonic call a shot. You're not going to let some devil tempt you and go with the temptation. Just because the thought comes in your head doesn't mean you have to act on it. I actually was ministering deliverance one time to a kid and the kid was banging his head and I, I released the angels of the Lord. I came against the demonic and he stopped and he says, oh man, but the voices in my head keep telling me to bang my head. And I said, okay, but do you have to listen to him? It was the craziest thing. Like the kid got wide-eyed and he goes, you're right. Like it didn't dawn on him. He didn't have to listen to it. So it's a thing of sin requires entry points. The demonic needs an entry point, but the other thing is to know you can master it. It's not out of hand. No matter how many, you could have been That's 20 good. years a drug addict, an alcoholic, mm. uh, uh, alternative lifestyle, angry, something your father, your mother did or didn't do to you when you were young. You can still master it. In Christ, he gives you authority so you're not at the whim of the demonic. They're at the whim of the authority of Christ in you. And this principle has so helped me look for the entry points and recognize you can master whatever the problem, the fight, the sin, the issue that you've had to struggle against previously in your life. Ooh, that is so good. And you guys, I'm so excited. Sean just walks in such great revelation. He's going to be uh, pre teaching twice during our Healing Deliverance Masterclass. I love that. And that's a fantastic point. You don't have to listen to the voices. I love that. Just that empowered place. You know, as we're stepping into Healing Deliverance Masterclass, and even with this conversation with Jeremy, I really begin to think about something that I think is kind of an overlooked byproduct of deliverance. And we really find in Acts 8, starting in verse 5, it says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And then the multitudes, with one accord, heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And here's what I want you to catch, verse 8. And there was great joy in that city. Ooh. 
There was great joy. And we really, Sean and I have been feeling this move of God that God is doing. At the, we've seen the beginning of it in 2023, but we're going to see a continuation. And I feel like the full manifestation in 2024 and believe in that in Jesus name. But it's going to be marked this move of God with joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is one of the most underestimated weapons in your spiritual tool belt, because where there is joy, there's hope. And if you have joy and you have hope, the enemy's narration, the enemy's uh, tactics cannot come against you and win. They cannot, that weapon cannot prosper because when you have joy and when you have hope, you are walking in freedom, confidence of who God is. And you're looking at the bigger picture, not the ground battle around your feet, right? It, it causes you to have an aerial view, a kingdom perspective. And I love it because we really understand that when, when Philip began to cast out devils, we see that connection between a fresh wave of deliverance and revival joy that when people get free, they get full of joy because they know what it is to be in bondage. Therefore, when they walk in freedom, there's a joy that happens within their lives and happens within the city. We're believing that when people get free, revival joy is released. So we are viewing this more than just a masterclass. We're viewing this as a promise and a part of the revival move of God that he's doing for this hour. I love what you're saying because it says in that passage that unclean spirits are crying out with a loud voice coming out of many and people were paralyzed and lame were healed. Philip had a healing and deliverance masterclass in Samaria. <laughs> right. And the result was like you said, joy. And like you said, revival, maybe part of the revival you're contending for in your area really is on the other side of learning about healing and deliverance and moving in that. And as people are getting free, all of a sudden the Bible says for, uh, uh, in a sense for the lack of people is the downfall of a prince. In other words, when more people are getting free, it disempowers the principality over that region. And then as they get joy, that tells me that revivals in the city and you can begin to have an impact there. So I love what you're saying with that. Philip is a great example of we need what Philip had on us. And the cool thing is we can have that. Right. Isn't that so exciting? You know, we got to dive into this conversation because you and Jeremy's conversation is so powerful. So if you have not heard of Jeremy Nelson, he is just an incredible man of God, a revivalist that has been preaching and ministering for decades. Him and his wife, Miranda, are powerhouses together. They're both preachers and they move strong in deliverance and healing. They're just incredible. And they've been stewarding a move of God in the San Diego area for the last seven years. I mean, they really, they're doing the, the stuff. They do crusades all over Africa, all over the nations, and they certainly minister all throughout the throughout the U.S. To have them a part of the masterclass and have Jeremy come up with us in this, you know, in a couple weeks, it's such a privilege. He's an author. He's a revivalist. He's a mighty man of God. So y'all get ready for this powerful conversation with Jeremy Nelson. Hey, Keep It 100 Tribe, you guys, like y'all not even ready for this. We got Jeremy Nelson on. Jeremy, what's going on, bro? Hey, what's going on? I'm, I'm excited to be here. Hey, man, we're excited to have you on, man. Uh, this is just going to be amazing. I think it's going to be so powerful. Uh, Jeremy, you and I met. Man, you got to... Do you remember the exact date? We met, that we, you know, we met at Barry Sappington's. That's right. Out in La Mesa when you came down to San Diego. In fact, I don't know if you remember this, but it was the day there was an earthquake and you were rolling on the highway when that hit. It was like a 6.2 earthquake and, uh, you know, it shook all of Southern Cal. You didn't even feel it. You were just cruising. We went to that night meeting and that's when I met you. That's right, bro. That is crazy, man. Oh, man. Yes, now, years you, ago. That was you. Do you remember what year that was? Man, that had to be like, I don't know, probably 2000. 
Probably 2009. Okay, 2009. Okay, man, it was that yeah, late. something like that. Still, man, wow, that is amazing. Jeremy, man, you and Miranda, if our listeners don't know, and I've, I've shared about your ministry, you're traveling the nations, you guys are putting on crusades, you're seeing literally hundreds of thousands, millions of people give their life to Christ, deliverances, oh man, miracles, creative miracles, all this kind of stuff. We're going to get into that, but I want to begin by doing this. We love to do this on Keeping 100 on the podcast of just kind of getting the origin story. So how did this whole realm uh, of the supernatural become? come natural for you. And we all know this is that any ministry comes out of a revelation. Like you have a revelation. What was that first revelation for you that a supernatural God broke into Jeremy Nelson's life and and you knew you would be marked from that moment on? What was that for you? Yeah. So for me, it was actually before I got saved. And uh, when I was 13 years old, my mom got breast cancer and uh, went through chemo. You know, she was losing all her hair. Uh, My family and my, my friends were preparing me. My brother, we're just little boys. You know, I was just barely coming into teenhood and, and, uh, you know, they started telling us, man, you better get ready. Your mom might not make it, you know, because she had stage four. And it was crazy because, you know, as a, as a young man watching that was devastating. And this lady came to our, our mom and and had this Bible. And she said, Hey, listen, she said, I know that the chemo's, you know, it's not helping, but here, read this. God can help you. And she opened up the Bible and she saw where blind Bartimaeus, uh, you know, was healed by Jesus. And she cried out in her bedroom all along. She just said, God, if you're really real and you healed blind Bartimaeus, would you heal me? And she turned around and Jesus in an open vision walked through the wall, laid hands on my mother, and she was instantly healed of cancer. She went back to the doctors. They couldn't find the cancer in her body anymore. They they didn't know what to do. They freaked out. My mom at that point became the Jesus freak. You know what I'm saying? And she began to she began to preach at me, you know, every moment she got and pray. And, and I was always, you know, uh, just talking to her about Jesus growing up. But I didn't want to follow Jesus, but I knew he was real because I saw my mom go from death to life. And and so, you know, it was it was interesting because it took uh, years. I mean, I didn't even get saved till my junior year of college. I was playing baseball at Sonoma State University. And, uh, you know, my whole life was was ball. And when I got saved, man, it was crazy because, you know, I'd hit rock bottom. I had everything the world told me that would make you happy. You know what I'm saying? I had a nice car. I had a beautiful girlfriend. I had I had money. I had everything. And, and it was crazy because I was so empty and depressed on the inside. I was a good athlete. Uh, you know, at the time there was, there was different seasons when I was top in the country, uh, you know, in pitching and, and, and yet there was this vacuum shaped hole in my heart. And when I hit rock bottom, man, I felt suicidal, all this stuff. And then I remembered, wait a minute, man, God healed my mom so he can heal me. And, and it was crazy. I ended up giving my life to Jesus and boom, it transformed everything. I, you know, uh, I mean, I know we're, we're not talking about, uh, you didn't ask me about my salvation story, but this is part of it. And that revelation of healing, when I saw my mom go from death to life, I knew that Jesus was not only real, I knew he was the healer. And what was crazy is when I first got saved, you know, I, I was in two different churches. Uh, I was in this four square church in Santa Rosa, but then I was also uh, at a conservative church, uh, Bible teaching church. And, and what's funny is one believed in the power of God and, and was actively going after it. And the other, it wasn't they didn't believe that God could do it, but they just, you know, they'd never seen it before. So I was caught in between two worlds and uh, it was amazing. I got the best of the word and I got the best of the spirit. And so here I am today, you know, and the healing part of the gospels was easy for me because I saw it firsthand when I was 13. Man, that is so profound, Jeremy. And for Jesus to walk through the walls, lay hands on your mom (laughs) and for her to get instantly healed of cancer. I mean, that's just, that's 
crazy, man. That's just bananas. And for you to obviously go from there and have your own encounter. Yeah. We're so super excited that number one, we get you on the podcast. And number two, you're going to be joining us for our healing and deliverance masterclass pretty soon. I'm excited. You guys aren't signed up July 28th and 29th. We're going to have Jeremy Nelson there. You can go to www.shawnandchristasmith.com where uh, people can register right now. But specifically, one of the reasons that we're bringing you in, number one, is that Chris and I have such a great love and affinity and relation connection with you, but particularly in the area of deliverance. And so I want to ask you first, what was your first exposure to deliverance? And then I want to follow up very quickly with why do you think deliverance is so significant uh, at yeah. this point in time in our culture? So what was your first exposure to deliverance? So this is pretty funny. Like, so my first exposure to deliverance. So when I got saved, you know, I, in my junior year of college, it was funny because, you know, I knew God was a healer. I knew that he did miracles, but it was funny though, because my family background, you know, I'm not like a, a family background where, you know, I'm like a fifth generational pastor. I mean, my great, great grandmother was a witch doctor and her grandmother was, uh, you know, the medicine woman in the Navajo, you know, Native American tribes. And, and so we had witchcraft in our family line. And so when I grew up, it was real. I mean, nightmares and demonic visitations and all this stuff that, uh, you know, a lot of people may not have dealt with because there was these generational things that were going on in my family line. And what's crazy about it was when I first got saved, man, I was terrified of the devil, even though I knew God was a healer. And you know what? My pastor told me, he said, listen, he said, meditation brings revelation. And he said, revelation brings manifestation. And he said, you need to meditate on first John 4, 4 over and over and over again until you break that cycle of fear. And I'll never forget, man, I got the word of God out. I started meditating on first John 4, 4. And I was every day, every night, greater is he that's in me than he who's in the world. Greater is he that's in me than he who's in the world. And then I actually ended up going to India and I'm on a trip. I'm on a trip on a mass crusade. There's a couple hundred thousand people and I'm just a young man on the trip and they say to us, you guys are the ministry team. And in this uh, mass crusade, there's a woman in the back that is probably, um, you know, the, the tiniest little girl that you could see. And she just starts raging. And I'm telling you, she starts throwing guys around like rag dolls. And the, it took like six guys to grab this girl. They brought her on the stage, threw her down. And I'm not even joking. They looked at me and they said, cast the demon out. And this this, this lady was on all fours and she sounded like a, an animal, like, Wah! and I looked at her and I was like, oh, heck no. And I, I rolled. <laughs> ran to the other side and then a guy went over there and he, and, he, and he laid hands on her and cast the demon out and it was the craziest thing because this woman went from like this cat like you know demonic thing to like a sweet 16 year old girl I mean it looked like she de-aged like 50 years and she gave her testimony and that night like 100,000 people gave their lives to Jesus and what's crazy though is after that they said alright we're releasing the healing teams and they looked at us they go you gotta go out in the crowd and pray and I remember I, all I could think is I hope there's no more them lying like women out there, those tiger women that are going to get me. You know what I'm saying? And so I pray. First thing happens, deaf and dumb ear, you know, ears and, and tongue looses. And then a, a blind eye opens. And then all of a sudden, I forget about the devil and I'm having fun. Miracles are happening. And then they call for us. We got to go. And the very last guy, he goes, listen, I got a headache. Please pray for me. And I go, oh, I got this. And I lay hands on him and he manifests a demon. Ah! 
and he tries to jump at me, but out of my spirit comes, oh, heck no, greater is he that's in me than he was in the world. And I grabbed him and I said, come out in Jesus' name. And he got delivered of the devil and I got delivered of fear. And I've never been afraid of the demonic sense. And so that's my my testimony. I came home from India and I was like, bring me the deliverance. Bring me the ones that uh, that are possessed. I'm gonna pray for them right now. And so that's my story. Hey, you know, that's very interesting because I, I really feel like, Jeremy, you, you hit on something. I think in the modern context of, of Christianity in this current landscape, obviously the demonic is is real. It's out there. It's in yeah. your face. Every other horror movie now, they're not playing. It's not just some sort yeah. of like crazy, you know, doll or crazy, you know, clown. I mean, it's straight up deliverance, demon, Pope's exorcist, you know, all that kind of craziness going on. And I read a statistic a while back. It's crazy that, you know, we fancy ourselves intellectual, atheistic society, post-Christian. They say there are actually more people that believe in one singular literal devil than believe in a singular literal God, which is crazy. And that only empowers. But I think post-COVID, because it happened during COVID, it's like the enemy just dropped this like dump truck of fear. And you were talking about in that moment, the devil was cast out of that guy. Fear was cast out of you. Almost feel like in order for us to begin to walk in the authority that God has for us, I think your your experience is a microcosm of what we need to experience as the body of Christ. I think we walk in a lot of fear, lack of authority, and and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So, man, let me ask you this, Jeremy, because man, God uses you so mightily in this in this area, and we're we're asking you to teach and equip along this track. Although I know healing and deliverance will come hand in hand, but you you have such an ability to articulate it. Why do you think the deliverance ministry is so significant in our in our current culture right now? Well, I think it's super significant because our current culture has opened themselves up to so much. And you know the the issue is is that uh, if you want to be free, then you got to have uh, no agreement with the enemy. You know what I'm saying? You can't have any common place with the devil. And so that's what the devil's trying to do through these movies and through all the agendas that we see. It's a mass uh, explosion of, uh, you know, basically trying to desensitize a generation and take their purity away. And the reason why is because the devil knows that the pure at heart will see God and that the pure in heart will experience God. And, you know, so what the devil's doing is he's working overtime to try to get hooks in people's hearts. And what happens is when people don't live a kingdom culture, an an intimacy with God, praying in the spirit, being led of the spirit in their life, then what they'll do is they'll live a worldly culture. And that culture, without even knowing it, starts putting hooks in them. And before they know it, it, you know, they can be attacked. And even believers, you know, I actually don't believe that that a believer can be full on demon possessed. Some people believe that, but listen, ain't no devil getting in there on the throne of your heart with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords when you've given your life to him, he occupies that place, but you can have a cling on. And what I mean by that is if you have a spiritual or a natural agreement with the devil, then he has a legal right to cling on and you can be oppressed, depressed. You could have an issue with addictions, with sexual perversion, any of these things because of an agreement with something that needs to be broken. And one of the things that we were talking about earlier is the way that I broke my agreement with fear was I meditated on the word of God. And as I was meditating on the word of God, it renewed my mind and it started to kick that culture of the fear of witchcraft out of my life and it replaced it with faith. And so I believe one of the reasons why we need uh, the word, we need to meditate on the scripture, we need to understand. 
understand our authority in Christ. And we need to recognize what the devil can do and what he can't do is so that we don't get duped. See, there's too many people that they, they don't recognize the gospels. I mean, listen, if you read the gospels and, and we were to ask Jesus for his book on deliverance, some people would be depressed. It'd be one page long. It was like this, shut up, come out, go now. And that was it. But see, <laughs> Jesus wasn't preaching doctrine. He was living in authority. Ooh. And so the difference is there's a whole generation, and I'll break this down at the master class, but there's a whole generation that knows God's power, but they don't know his authority. See, because you can have power because power is a gift. I'm telling you, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's in you. He's on you. But, but you know, if you have a gift of healing or miracles or prophecy, those gifts will flow, right? They'll flow because of the grace, but it doesn't mean you have spiritual authority. See, spiritual authority comes from purity. And when you have spiritual authority, darkness has no choice but to listen. And so I feel like the reason why we need deliverance in this generation is because the devil has tried to stunt the growth of uh, all of the youngest ones and confuse them. And, you know, you see these guys running around. They're like, you got 97 devils. And I'm like, just stop. I'm like, <laughs> you're a born again believer. You, you don't have 97 devils. You know what I'm saying? You might have some open shut and those Klingons, when you shut the door and you break your agreement, those Klingons get knocked off and you got clarity again. Listen, I, I don't know if that's what you're asking, but that's what I felt like, you know, is one of the keys we need in this generation. 100%. And I love what you're saying is that the enemy is trying to put hooks in a generation. You know, the I, I feel like there's so much to unpack as it relates to that. So I'm so glad we're going to have you for the masterclass where you could do it. Yeah. But, but I think about when God spoke to Cain in the situation of seeing, hey, you know, his countenance had fallen, obviously his sacrifice being of works, Abel's sacrifice being the blood, it was accepted. His was not. He says uh, to Cain, he says, why is your countenance? If you do not do, do well, will you not be accepted? But then he says this phrase, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you. And I just think about that hooks. And I just think, man, you know, part of the agreement is what you said is that the enemy needs us because he has uh, a authority that has been usurped. So his power yeah. is limited. It has an ultimate shutoff date and it is inferior. So he's got to work in a way of deception and getting a yep. hook in us and us not knowing our authority, all that stuff. But I think yep. the bottom line is part of the reason why too, is that we know the closer we get to the end of this thing, whatever that is, obviously Jesus return yeah. ultimately, we know there's going to be an increase of spiritual activity. That, that if you will, that uh, barrier between the invisible and visible realm is thinning mm -hmm. right before our <laughs> eyes. And so nowadays the enemy wants to possess people. The Holy Spirit wants to possess the early Pentecostals they didn't ask if yeah. you were spirit filled they they said that they were they were either fire baptized was one term but the other term was Holy Spirit possessed people they were yeah, possessed come on. so the <laughs> enemy this thing I guess what I'm trying to say is that more and more we're moving towards possession one way or the other the middle ground is being sucked up and the enemy so wants it because there's this one other scripture I'm going to throw this out and then I want to hear some testimonies yeah, it yeah, says yeah. through a lack of people is a downfall of a prince so when there's a principality over an area, it's because people have agreement. They're, you know, yeah. again, I don't want to put any particular city on blast, but people say Las Vegas is Sin City. I'm going to be going there and ministering, and there's some phenomenal yeah, yeah. churches, phenomenal works. But what they're saying is people travel from all over. They come in agreement with avarice, with uh, perversion, with, you know, any kind of craziness, drugs, whatever, violence, there's crime, drug lords, sure. all that stuff. So there's a principality. So I think one thing is you could rail at the principality, come down, dark prince, all that stuff. But according to 
that passage, the best way to do it is to lead folks to Jesus, cast the devil out of them through a lack of people. There's a downfall of a prince. So it's like you get folks saved, you get them to break agreement. And then all of a sudden, you not only have people getting delivered, you could begin to change. And this is kind of where I'm heading. You could begin to change and by enough people getting set free. What what are some instances of deliverance, man? Because you've shown some stuff (laughs) on your uh, YouTube, uh, on your Instagram. If you're not following Jeremy at the end, he's going to give you a chance and give you some ways to follow him. But what are some of the crazy deliverances that you've seen, bro? Yeah, I mean, we've seen so much, you know, stuff happen in the nations and even in the West. And, uh, but, you know, one of them that comes to mind is the first time I went to Pakistan. And, uh, you know, we were preaching in Pakistan and there was masses of people. I mean, we had over 100,000 people in the meetings and I had never seen anything like this. There was these two guys they brought that they literally had chained up. Like we're talking chains all around their bodies, like, like, like literally chained up with padlocks and they're there with their, their mamas and the, the mom's got the key around her neck. Like I never see anything like this. And so they're there and you know, a hundred thousand people we're, we're ministering. I got about 20 people on my team that went with me and we're all just looking, you know, like down going, what is this? I mean, you're talking about a demoniac, you know, kind of a deal when Jesus came into contact with the demoniac that all them devils. Um, so anyway, I, I remember, you know, thinking, man, what's going to happen when they let him loose, they let him loose and he took the chains off. And I'm telling you, man, the guy did like a yawn and he jumped on someone to start beating him. And then he bit this guy's neck. And then all of a sudden, like five guys tried to carry him off. And he was beating these dudes, man. And uh, and, and I'll never forget it because I started preaching and this is happening on the side. And and when you're when you're like in these countries, man, they're like, oh, bring him to the man of God. And so they're like trying to bring him up the stairs while I'm preaching. I'm like, get him back down there. I'm trying to preach. And I'm like, this ain't the time. And they're ready to throw him right there in front of me. And so they get him down there. And, uh, and it's crazy because my coordinator goes down there and he, he goes to grab the guy and cast the demon out. And the guy, this is re- really funny. The guy probably ain't brushed his teeth in like five years, man. And he just, this devil didn't want to come out. He went and sprayed him. And he, he was like, ah! he falls down. He can't, he can't see. And so then I get done and the Lord's like, go down there and hug him. And I'm telling you, this dude is beating people. And I go down there and I, I, I look at him and he stops. And I said, come here, man. Like God wants me to give you a hug. And I give him this hug. And I'm telling you, the guy embraced me and he started crying on my shoulder and I started praying for him. And 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 it, it was amazing. It, like God just touched this guy with the love of God. And you know what I learned is this, is perfect love casts out all fear. And you know what? It was amazing because the second guy, uh, as soon as I got done praying for him, I didn't even go, I, I went and rebuked the devil, man, just, just loving on him. And then I get up and I go up to the top of the stage and they got all the, the testimonies ready. And the first guy behind me, I turn around and go, what did you get healed of? And they're like, my brother was in the chains. I was like, what? He's the other chain guy? And he said, he mumbled that he received Jesus and every devil has left him, sir. And and I said, well, how do you know? And he goes, listen, if we took these chains off, he would beat everybody up. And he's like, he's he's normal. And it was the craziest deliverance. And, and so the two guys in chains got touched by the love of God. And I mean, apparently they would chain these guys to uh, to the tree at their house. So they would to let them get fresh air. They train them, chain them in their rooms and, and Mama was crying, man, because Jesus set her family free. And I'm telling you, hundreds of thousands of Muslims came to Jesus because of those guys. It was amazing. Bro, I'm thinking that's straight out of Mark chapter 5. The dude at the Gadarenes was ch- 
chain, beating himself. Yeah, you know, so this guys were beating others. But obviously, that dude became this amazing evangelist. There is such a connection between that ministry of deliverance and salvation yeah. because I think even was it it was in Acts nineteen was it that in Ephesus you know that they had the seven sons of Sceva and obviously they, they these uh, one demonic kid jumped yeah. on seven wannabes and beat them down. But <laughs> contrast that with Apostle Paul, handkerchiefs was touching them. That authority, that anointing, and people were getting free. And it's like people brought all their occultic paraphernalia, burned yeah. it in the middle of the streets. Yeah. Man, what, what, you have some other stories. Tell us some other stories, oh, yeah, we, bro. Yeah, we, we've got a ton of them. But it's just, so one of the things that happened last year, this is amazing. We were in Burundi, Africa. And, you know, I go to Africa a lot. I mean, we, we go, you know, four or five times a year to Africa. And then we do the Middle East. And then we, we go all around. And we don't go to, like, you know, the, the stadiums and all those things because they're too small for what we're doing because we get 200,000, 300,000. But what we do is we target the areas of human sacrifice. We target the areas of the witch doctors. And it, it, we go right into the stronghold, put the crusades right on their front yard like no joke and and it's amazing what god does and i'll never forget you know i went to burundi and the the second to last night god spoke to me he goes tonight when you preach uh he goes i want you to prophesy he said there's a woman that went to the doctors this week and she got tests done on her womb and the doctor said the baby in her womb is dead and he said i want you to call her out in front of the people i'm going to resurrect this child in front of everyone so i get up and i said hey listen there's 130,000 people i say there's a woman here tonight you went to the doctors two days ago. The, the baby in your womb hasn't moved and they told you that the baby is dead. And I said, God showed this to me. And he says, if you come here now, he's going to resurrect this child. And what's crazy is out of 130,000, one woman came, went to the doctors two days before, comes up and, and she's kind of terrified, right? Because she's like, the, the word shook her. And so we lay hands on her. And when we lay hands on her, instantly that baby starts kicking and raises from the dead. And it's wild because it, they had just told us that when we go this year, they're going to let me hold the baby that was resurrected. But but here's what's wild, Sean, is that uh, that was the first resurrection. The next trip we go on, we, we go to Madagascar. We got a team every time we go. And in that trip, three more women that had dead babies in the womb resurrect. But here's the thing. Didn't happen with me praying. Didn't happen with my wife praying. It happened with our team that paid money to come on a trip and go do a missions trip and bless people. And, and so three others saw the dead raisings. And then we went on another trip. And and two more hit. And I'm telling you, since then, we just saw another one. My wife called out uh, two weeks ago from the stage and a woman came up and same exact thing. Uh, the, they told her the baby needs to be aborted. Uh, we laid hands, Miranda prayed, laid hands and boom, the baby started kicking. And uh, and so what's wild though is this, is I felt like we broke through in the area of resurrections over uh, dead babies. And not only did Miranda and I uh, both see it, but our teams that have gone with us uh, there has been four others that have seen those miracles. In fact, my uh, my PA who does all my administration, she saw two dead raisings. And so I joke around all the time at church and I tell everybody, I say, listen, you know, like my, my PA is more anointed than me. She saw two dead raisings. I only saw one. But how many know that's the way it should be, Sean, is that the 100%. army of God gets active. 
activated. And when we break through in something like a master's class, when it comes to healing and deliverance and, and, and our breakthroughs that we've seen become everybody else's starting point. And now that's a normal thing in our culture when we go to Africa and it's attracting women. If they've had dead babies, they all show up and God resurrects them. And what's amazing is that now we're getting doctors verified cases where the doctors are saying, oh yeah, I looked at that baby, they were dead and now they're alive. It's amazing. But that's the kind of stuff that happens when we take risks and we go for it. I love that. And you know, it's it's so amazing because, you know, obviously a big way that that would be categorized is those are healings, but really that's deliverance. I mean, the, yeah. the bowels of death, spirit the of spirit death. of death yeah. was on that baby in the womb and to rebuke that, command it to let go. And then obviously the yeah. life of Jesus Christ, bro. I mean, I think a lot of times we read the Bible and wouldn't you say that a lot of times I think we read the Bible and although a uh, majority of people that are listening to this podcast, the streams we run, we are not sensationist, meaning that we believe that right. God who moved in the miraculous in the Bible is still the God that moves in miraculous today. He still speaks today as he spoke yep. then. And if anything, this thing called the kingdom is to advance. It begins mm-hmm. as this little small stone Daniel talks about that fills the entire valley. And we know that the, you know, the different parables Jesus talked about is a seed, but it grew. Uh, the things that you're seeing, I love what you said, and maybe you can just kind of give us a pointer and this kind of bonus question. Sure. I know people are going to be coming, but what would you say has set you up in the biggest way? Obviously, the given is the Holy Spirit, but what discipline or or a truth or a revelation or a practice that has set you up to see the deliverances and, and have it in a way that it's impartable to others, the way that you've seen it? What has yeah. that been for you, Jeremy? You know, I think it's two things. Uh, number one is the word. And, you know, understanding that there's authority and power on the word. And the more you read the gospels, I think sometimes uh, a lot of churches, and especially some of the ones you were talking about that maybe don't believe in the power of God as much, or maybe they don't believe in it at all. They camp out in the epistles, but they don't camp out in the gospels. And see, one of the things that a generation needs to do is they need to study and they need to set their primary focus on Jesus and the ministry of Jesus and what he did and where he went and how he presented his father. And what I found is you get what you talk about and you get what you preach, right? And so a lot of times the reason why we see so many miracles, it's not necessarily just because we have such a, a gift of faith or miracles or healings. It's because we're presenting the truth right. And so you have to understand that you, you get what you talk about. And if you talk about Jesus, uh, you know, as the Savior, come on, people are going to get saved. But the reality is that word saved, it actually is a Greek word, which means sozo, which means healed, saved, and delivered at conversion. And so I think what happens is that uh, for me personally, the, the way that I've seen so many miracles is the power of testimonies, because I'm always talking about the power of God everywhere I go and with everybody that I see and people that I talk to. And I've always got new stories and I've always got new testimonies because I never stop praying and I never stop taking steps of faith and going for it. And really that is the key of obedience. And, you know, obedience is greater than sacrifice. And what's interesting is, you know, I remember before I like I started seeing really wild miracles. God would tell me to do stuff that was just like in in our minds. He'd be like, man, that's dumb. You know, he'd be like, hey, pick up those uh, pick up those uh, cans over there on the side of the road. And I'd be like, really? You want to pick up those cans? But what I realize now is that those simple obediences, those small obedience to go pick up the can, he was just using that to train me to listen. And he was using these things that he's saying, don't do that. And he was saying, oh, I want you to go over here. And and when I would do it, it I didn't realize I was being trained 
train. It was training for reigning in the power of God. And after a while, you start developing friendship with the Holy Spirit. And God starts saying, oh, I found someone who will do whatever I say. And and it's out of that place that you see crazy miracles. I remember uh, one time I was in Florida and I was preaching in this massive tent revival with about six, 7,000 people. It was live on TV. And uh, the TV producer came up to me and he said to me, here's how you're going to do this service. And he gave me the way I was going to preach, what I was going to do. And I looked at him, I said, sir, I said, I prayed in the Holy Spirit. Like, can I just do what God showed me? And he goes, fine, don't listen to me. I don't know if it's going to work. And, and I just said, oh, well, forgive him, Lord. He needs a hug. And I moved on. And I'm telling you, I, I, the Lord said, tell testimonies for the first 20 minutes and just release the power of God. And I told testimonies. And I'm telling you, I, I, the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, and the very first uh, person that came up healed, there was about 60 of them. But the first person that came up to give their testimony was a boy who, when he was two years old, his brother threw a rock at him and knocked his eye out. And so he had no eyeball. It was a glass eye. And God created, right there on the spot, God recreated it to where it was a real eye. And he was standing in front of 6,000 people giving his testimony. I can't see out of this eye because it's not a real eye. But right now, I don't even know where the glass eye is. I can see perfect. We're covering his eye. This is in Florida. And the next person that, you know, comes up had been hit by a semi-truck while they were on their bike. And they had metal in their legs, their back, all in their body that had been inserted and all of it dissolved. And they're sitting there and they're moving around. The third one was a little boy deaf from birth. And I mean, the power of God hit this place and it was amazing. And I'll never forget afterwards, uh, you know, someone came up to me, they said, you didn't even preach a sermon. I said, yeah, I did. I said, what are you talking about? I said, Jesus is the same today as yesterday and forever. And I told all his stories. And because I told his stories, the reduplication anointing for what he did back then hit now. And that's one of the greatest keys, Sean, is to always celebrate the, the miracles and the signs and wonders of God, whether it's a hangnail or it's a dead raising, it's all God's works. And when we start to recognize it's not so much about us, but if we'll just stay in the pocket of intimacy and spending time with Jesus and making him the main thing, loving on him, then he's got no problem with his power flowing through you. But the way you steward power is by valuing it with a testimony. Ooh, the way you steward power is by valuing it with a testimony. Bro. Hey, Jeremy, man, we are so excited, you know, July, end of July to have you for the conference. Uh, why should someone is listening? Why should they make it a point to come out to join us for the Healing and Delivering Masterclass in which you're going to be giving us at least two sessions, but we're going to have you involved in ministry in different settings each night uh, or afternoon. We're going to just take time to minister deliverance and minister healing. Why should someone come? Well, number one, I want to just say this is I believe that the next move of God that's coming is going to be the people's move. And there's always going to be leadership. You know, I'm not saying that there's not going to be leaders in the revival because there will be. But what I'm saying, though, is there is going to be such a massive move of the spirit that we're going to have to have all hands on deck. And you know what? It it just happened. Uh, I believe the great reset just happened through COVID-19 because when everything hit and the world got shut down, you know what it did? It killed religion, but it also has made people come to the place of weakness where now they know I need a savior. I need something greater. And I'm telling you that we're in the brink of another Jesus people movement. And if it's going to happen again, listen, this time it's not just going to be the the special ones that are doing it. It's going to be everybody. And the stuff that's going on right now, these these agendas when it comes to sexual confusion, all the corruption that's happening, the abuse. I mean, listen, there's more people that have died from opioids and fentanyl. And there's more addiction in our time and day 
because of what happened in the last season. Because how many know idleness is the devil's playground, whether that's for the church or that's for the world. If you ain't got nothing to do or nowhere to go, his voice starts getting in there. So there's a whole generation right now that needs deliverance. They need healing and they need the love of God. And I'm telling you that we're living the days where God's going to raise up a thousand Simba McPherson's. He's going to raise up a thousand Smith Wigglesworth's. He's going to raise up, you know, a a thousand Lonnie Frisbee's or or whoever it is that's uh, someone that you look up to in the spirit that you believe has been a powerful example of what it is to be a revivalist or carry the power of God. And I'm telling you, I have faith that we're going to see entire cities that are going to be lit up because like you said, Sean, there's going to be too many people on the ground doing the stuff that in the heavenly realm that the devil can't keep a grip on the city because there's too much of the works of God happening. And not only that, come on, I tell people this all the time. If you're bored in Christ, that's your fault. That's not his. Because how many know he's fun? And not only is he fun, but he wants to give you his power so that you can be a forerunner and you can get uh, people healed, saved, and delivered everywhere you go. And I believe that's why we go to the master class is because I believe God wants healing, miracles, signs, and wonders, deliverance to become a normal thing because in his day, when he walked the earth and when the apostles were walking the earth in the early church, signs and wonders were not something that they had to work for. They happened because they confirmed the word of the Lord that people would believe in Jesus. Man, bro. Okay, people. Hey, right now, go to www.shawnachristasmith.com. Immediately on the front page, Healing and Deliverance Masterclass, July 28th and 29th. You do not want to miss it. Jeremy, I know our listeners, man. What You're you're just a pure stream of fire, bro, as you speak in Revelation. How can we get in contact with you, stay in touch with you? Is any kind of product or any kind of resource that you have available online, classes or events that you're doing in person? Let us know. Give us the full spiel. Yeah, so um, if you have a smartphone, you can go into your app store and just type in Elisha Revolution. And uh, we have an app and the the outpouring, you know, we've been hosting Revival for the last seven and a half years in San Diego, broke out of a normal conference. And we've had hundreds of thousands of people come from all over the world. So we live stream through there. And there's about 500 free teachings on there. It's kind of our central hub to where we're going, what we're doing. And it's a free app. Download it. Check us out. Be blessed. Um, Again, Elisha Revolution, just on your phone app. And uh, that's how you can connect. That's cool. And that's Elijah with the S-H, everybody. Yes, the double portion. So Elisha Revolution. Come on, Jeremy. And you're hosting weekly meetings down there in San Diego area. Is there a dress or a building or something you could throw out there and people come to San Diego? We're at Grace Church in San Marcos. Awesome. Yeah, come out. It'll be awesome. We're there Thursday through Sunday every single week. Oh, my gosh. Your wife, Miranda, is a powerhouse as well. You guys are a power couple. You got to give her our love. We can't wait to host you, to have you up here. Uh, Man, uh, we're praying for you. We got a team that's covering you. Man, thanks so much for stopping by to Keep It 100 podcast. Bro, we sure love you, man. You're amazing, dude. Come on. Well, thank you for having me on. It's an honor and I'll see you soon. Come on. Man, wasn't that great? Oh my gosh. It gets me so excited he is going to be with us. That guy has revelation. And that's just like this tiny snippet compared to what he's going to drop. I'm so excited just to sit in the sessions and learn, right? We're forever a student. I always want to be a student. I always want to learn. And he's just walking in such deep revelation in the area of deliverance and healing. That is so true. And he has seen so many people get set free in mass, but he's great at equipping, as is Joanne. And Moody. And so again, you guys,
guys sign up. Literally, we have limited space because we're doing it at a smaller venue, but bring your notebooks, bring your hungry hearts. It is going to be amazing. And so I just want to say this on the way out is that how do you know if you have the presence of the demonic in your life? I'm going to make it very simple. You do their job. That's how you know there's the presence. Why? Because demons are disembodied spirits. Even in the issue of the Gadarenes, they had to go in pigs in order to answer the lust they have for death. And so here's the thing. A demon can't get satisfaction without a host carrying out an action. So a demon of lust, lust, but is tormented until it can answer that lust through a person. A demon of addiction is, is, is addicted to something. A demon of confusion. And so how do I know at the end of the day, if there's a presence of the demonic in my life, I'm doing their job. In other words, I'm doing what they are driving me to do. And that's all the more reason to get freedom. And so I just want you to know the Bible is very clear that uh, truth can be difficult at times, but it's truth that sets you free. And remember, we began, God spoke truth to Cain and said, this is what it is. You got an anger issue. Your your countenance is down. You're, you kind of have a depression thing. You got to understand you're opening a door. Close that door. Thanks so much for tuning into the Keep It 100 podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and refer us to your friends. And be sure to click that subscribe button so that you're alerted as soon as new episodes drop. Help us get the word out. Share this link on your social media platforms and check us out at seanandkristasmith.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Sean and Krista Smith Ministries. We would love to hear from you on how this podcast has impacted you. So be sure to show us some love. And so, hey, we want you to join us on our next episode of Keep It 100. We're going to have an exciting uh, interview. You do not want to miss it. And remember, relief may change your circumstance, but a revelation will change you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram and seanandkristasmith.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep it